Support the Amigos podcast and keep the Amiga goodness flowing for just a dollar a month. Visit our page at patreon.com slash Amigos podcast. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos, I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we've got two games to talk Woo. about. It is public domination. Yeah. You're still trying to get that over, are it's you? Still, it's, it's a slow burn. Yeah. It's a slow burn. It's a slow one, alright, because I still hate it. Super foul egg. And <laughs> Is that the worst? <laughs> you know, we, another week where we have the worst named game of True. all time of the week. And Scorch Tanks. Yeah. Scorch Tanks. So two games... For the price of one, Woo. which is free because it's public domain. <laughs> That's true. Um, so, Aaron, uh, when was the first time that you were exposed to public domain games, just in general? Well, of course, it was on the. It would have been on the. Uh, it's funny on the Coco. I don't remember differentiating between the two. I was young, and pretty much everything seemed public domain and free to me. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, sounds good. Little did I know about the rampant piracy you know, I was up to. Now, the first time I really saw. Uh, public domain become a thing uh, was on the PC. Uh, now, of course, uh, my Amiga usage come came after my PC usage because I know the uh, the Fred Frisch discs and stuff were a, a huge deal. In fact, I was a part of an Amiga game uh, disc of the month club for years and had big stacks. I sold a big stack of these things for pretty good money. Mm-hmm. You know, about five years, around more six years ago. But on the PC, uh, <clears throat> public domain, but slowly became sort of a big deal. And you would go to, uh, I would go to computer shows and stuff. There'd be people that was exclusively all they would sell is public domain stuff. Isn't that antithetical to? It is. Uh, it is bizarre. But yeah. that's what they would sell public domain. I stuff. guess you're sort of paying for convenience <laughs> at that point. Yeah, and uh, um, of course you're also buying the, at this point discs weren't free, so you were paying yeah. for the discs as well. And these were on disc, and eventually they had PD on on CD. See what I did there? I do. Uh, but. Uh, uh, I remember going to, when I lived in Lexington, even, and this would have been, keep in mind, this would have been uh, uh, after 89, um, going to a store, and the store almost exclusively dealt in public domain discs. What? Yeah, I swear to God. It's really? True. They had a huge chunk of the store uh, dedicated to public domain. They didn't, have, they didn't sell anything but public domain software. You know, and it was, a, it was all PC, because <clears throat> I remember being miffed. Because there was no Amiga stuff in the store, and this was like a store at the mall. <clears throat> no, this was a store that had its. It was a store. It was in like, like a, a strip mall thing. Yeah. Okay, you know, like a, not in a shopping mall, but a little strip mall. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, we would go in there and nose around. I don't think I ever bought any PD stuff. I've I bought PD stuff at like computer shows. Uh, you got to remember, there was also a point. There's like a tipping point on PD where, like, all of a sudden, you could get legitimately great stuff that you knew was going to be great, like Apogee stuff, stuff mm-hmm. your Dooms, your Dooms, the demos. Well, the, of those I things. mean, do you? I was going to say, do you differentiate between public domain and shareware? Uh, well, there were always public. There, there was dip. Now listen, there was no differentiating in the real world. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, there were different. And, you know, there's 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 all kinds of different versions of what the public domain was. Uh, but and shareware, obviously, you don't want you to pay for this or whatever. But a lot, of, you know, there's it's a tough, it's a thin line. But when you had uh, demo discs come out of those of those uh, big games, they would also be part of the stuff you could buy. Now you could, because a lot of people, you got to remember, didn't have access to uh, a fast modem. Right. Uh, even in '89 or '90, they didn't have access to one. 
Uh, we were still on uh, dial-up, you know, back in those days. And so it would take a good while to download a Doom or something like that. You, you'd probably be online for a good while, or you didn't have the capacity. You could go out and buy these. It was, like you said, convenience. Mm-hmm. You would pay for it. Uh, I saw this all the time, though, at, at the computer shows I used to go to. Like I said, there would be whole booths uh, dedicated to it. And I always often wonder when you see these, like, racks and racks of discs, like, what the hell's on all these discs, mm-hmm. you know? What is this stuff? Yeah, you know, some of and then no, I guess part of it was kind of a mystery. You know, it's like buying a grab bag. Well, know? I mean, they would have a name on the disc. Like, this is a uh, you know your index, your videotape indexer or something. You're like, oh, okay, that sounds pretty good. A lot of times you'd get public discs full of like pictures mm-hmm. when you could still get away with that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, or even music. And I don't and you know not MP3s, but like MIDI stuff or something. You could get you know they would sell anything, anything you could fit on the disc. They would try to sell it. And since a lot of it was just unowned, I mean, effectively. Now you can't just go out and sell picture discs because the people that actually did the pictures might not be happy about it. But in yeah. the old days, no one cared. Right. Or they cared, but no one could stop you and you mm-hmm. just did what you wanted. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, public domain stuff. But when it comes to public domain games uh, that are outside the realm of your, of your, uh, you know, shareware where they wanted you to pay buy a full version, um, there was a, it's funny how much it's changed because in the old days, they, they were I, I was, basically public domain was synonymous with garbage. <laughs> Almost every time I got anything, it was it was always like, oh, this is crap. Mm-hmm. It was a lower quality because if it was a greater, better quality, they would sell it. Right. You know what? What about you? Did you? What was your experience in that in that area? So for me, I never I never knew what public domain was um, until I started getting Antic magazine. Antic was the Atari eight bit magazine. Yeah. And in the back of the magazine, they would always advertise, you know, a disc full of public domain games for five ninety five yeah. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all all the time, right next to it, it was always like an adult games too. Yes, and uh, absolutely. That, that I, I always knew that if I, uh, I I was afraid that if I ordered some of these games and I would fire them up because the computer was in the living room, yeah. that it would just be you know adult games would pop up and my parents would go nuts and I would feel weird and it would be bad. So I was always sort of afraid of public domain. You've got, a, you've got a good point there because that was sort of a, a, a mix. There was a lot of the adult stuff uh, that went on. Actually, one of these games has a sort of an adult game connection, which mm. I'll get into. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, one of the first things I used to see all the time on uh, uh, to, on the Internet, in public domain, in BBSs especially, was, was porn, mm-hmm. like porn pictures. Yeah. And, of course, this is the lowest res, lowest grade mm-hmm. uh, stuff you've ever seen. Uh, but uh, uh, it was, I mean, you've got to talk about it in the same realm of public domain because it was often used as trade fodder or ratio stuff when you were on BBSs where you had to have a certain amount of upload and download. You could almost always get, people almost always would accept porn. It's mm-hmm. funny, it was like the universal currency. Well, when you consider the your average BBS user, that is no no great leap. It's to... funny to think about. This is it's, uh, uh, just a tiny bit blue. It's nothing too bad, but... Uh, I used to work for a, uh, a, 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 a kung fu or karate master in Lexington. I've told you about this mm-hmm. guy, Master Don. And this guy dealt, he would deal in porn quite a bit. He loved it, right? And, I, and he, would, he would always pester me to go out and get him discs and discs full of this stuff. And uh, uh, he would take it home, and he would look through it like you would look through like a... a like you would read a book, mm-hmm. and then he would go back and rename it the, to the names he liked. I remember that, but I always thought that was kind of creepy and weird. Yes. <laughs> he would do that. Creepy and weird are words I would use yes. as well. But I mean, but yeah, but all, all that stuff was in the realm of, and and but and you could buy uh, ABCs and one two threes for your kids, and then the next rack over, mm-hmm. it's 
hot porn action part six. Right. You know, right. and there was there was there were no one cared. Yeah. And there was no age limit either. It's like it was, so, they didn't care. It was a different world. Back Often then, you'd have sure. one of these deals where it's like pick out ten discs for uh, a set amount of price. Like yeah. Ten bucks, and mm-hmm. you'd pick out whatever ten discs. Well, they didn't care. Mm-hmm. You know, because they had zillions of them, and you could print more. So it was it was probably if you think about it, if you can get to a situation where where p- se- uh, selling those things is a possibility, the profit margin's great. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean you're essentially selling a free product with yes. unlimited duplication. It's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. amazing. Um, you know, uh, I wonder it would be interesting to talk to somebody that ran one of those public domain stores. Like if we could get in touch with a guy at that strip mall that owned that store, I'd love to hear him talk about how he set that operation up. And and you know the mail order stuff, like you said, that you get in the back of magazines. I saw that all the time, and that's how I got into the Amiga Software uh, Disc of the Month Club or Software of the Month Club. And it wasn't cheap mm-hmm. to get that, you know. But for the Amiga, since you couldn't get it locally, that was a handy way to get some stuff that you couldn't find. I mean, that, you know, so I had, like I said, I had about fifty of them. I got, I was in it forever, and uh, but it wasn't cheap. And so those guys probably made, you know, went to, went to the money bank too. And even when I sold it, like I said, I got a real good price for it because people find value in that stuff, just like the Fred Fish discs and everything else. They there's, they were a hot commodity for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron. Well, why don't we start the show off by talking about what's been going on over at our site, everythingamiga.com. Well, our good buddy Dreamcatcher's got a couple articles up this week. Really? And both of which are interesting to me, but one in particular. So uh, he released about a week ago a game called The Trouble with a Capital D. Mm. And this is... I uh, spell T R O. B you you forgot the U. Wow, you don't sing and spell well. It's hard. It's like T R O U B L E. It's like walking and chewing gum. Ah, no kidding. So you're my personal menace. I don't know if you knew that. Mm. Boat the menace. But Dreamcatch has done a little item here on the Dennis the Menace games. Now uh, I, Were you a fan of the Dennis the Menace series? Well, when I was a little little Aaron mm-hmm. so many years ago, the Dennis the Menace television show was on all the time. Oh yeah. The black and white mm-hmm. one. Jay North. Jay North, that's mm-hmm. right, and he was Dennis, and uh, of course you had uh, uh, his rival was his next door neighbor, Charles Nelson Riley. No, no, it wasn't. What? No, it wasn't Charles Nelson Riley. What are you talking about? No, not. I'm talking about the original black and white. One. I always thought that was Charles Nelson Riley. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Uh, but his his neighbor, he would go over and do crazy stuff. He had the slingshot, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. The golly gee Mr. whiz, Mr. Wilson. Mr. Wilson. And uh, this was a, a pretty popular show based, I think it was, was it based on a comic yeah. strip? I yeah, I think Hank Ketchum was his name. And and then of course, if over here forever, if you ever went to a Dairy Queen, like Dennis oh, the Menace yeah. and his gang. I forgot were, about that. They were like the, they were the mascots. They were the mascots yeah. of Dairy Queen. Now they've, they phased him out, but I don't know when. They, yeah. have, they yeah. had collector's cups mm-hmm. and stuff with him on I, it. I haven't thought about that in years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, they had, they made a movie in, what, the 90s? Yeah, probably uh, With Walter Matthau. We were talking about that earlier, which I never saw. Mm-hmm. Although the kid looks, he's a cute little kid, yeah. isn't he? And it did pretty well in the theater. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I have a passing knowledge of Dennis the Menace. Uh, but uh, uh, Dreamcatcher has far more knowledge, and he goes deep into it with uh, some of the Dennis the Menace games. I gotta say, I I've played like one of these. It's been a long time ago, so I, my knowledge of the whole Dennis the Menace game series is not not great. Uh, but it looks like it's like a platformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, now there was a British equivalent. What was the? Do you remember what the, what the name of the British equivalent was? Oh, Dennis, it was. It was like, he listed it here at the very top of yeah, the article. It was like Beano the Beano. Yeah. That's it. Beano. Beano. Beano is. I guess he's the Dennis the Menace of the UK. 
I've never heard of Bino. You no, know, I don't know. No. But they both got the slingshot. Slightly frightened. You know, he he bears more than a passing resemblance to our friend Kid Chaos. Yeah, Bino looks sort of ma mean. Yeah, like this miss looks sort of ornery. Yeah, Bino know? looks malevolent. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's got the slingshot cock. He's gonna murder you. Yeah, yeah. You know. So I don't know if there's a correlation. But anyway, interesting stuff from the DK. Now his next article really hit close to home. <clears throat> he takes a look at the at Doctor Who and its video game universe. Now, uh, anyone that listens to this show knows that I have a I have mixed feelings with Doctor Who. Uh, I was a huge fan. Much like it's a lot like Star Wars. I was a real fan my whole life, and then they ruined it for me, and they've continued to ruin it ever since. But I still have a, a, a soft spot in my heart for the old the old Who. <clears throat> Unfortunately for Doctor Who, he he has a, a back track record of failure when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to video games. Suck after after suck after suck. I picked up a game called Doctor Who Trumps for the Wii, and it was absolute garbage. Dreamcatcher talks about yeah, that in the article. Here. The, uh, there's a there's there's a couple games on the Amiga that I've played, and they're now, <clears throat> Doctor Who Trumps is like a card game. Yeah. Okay. It's no, I hated it. Mm. There's a couple of Doctor Who Wii games. They're both crap. Uh, both the Amiga offerings aren't any good. I have, now have I played every Doctor Who game ever? Absolutely not. I'm sure. I think Spectrum's got one. There's some other stuff, and he even goes into like some non-video game stuff. As I was talking to Bo, the only Doctor Who game I ever played that was any good at all was the really good pinball machine, which has all the doctors of the of the era. Yeah, it was present. A, it was a mainstay for years at the old Dabaroonies Pizza yeah, Place. Yeah, great, great game, and uh, they do a pretty good job making you feel like have fun with the old doctor back catalog. You, you know, know <laughs> one thing I thought was very interesting that I learned from this um, article was that when you license the Doctor Who property, it doesn't automatically come with all the Doctor Who stuff. Oh, really? You have to license, now I'm going to say it wrong, and I know whatever way I'll say it, it'll be wrong, the Daleks. Is that right? That's pretty good, yeah. Okay. It's not Dalek. It's, we usually, we all, Daleks is the way, we, but if that's wrong. Okay. We, we've said it like that for years in the States, it's Daleks. Yeah. Daleks, okay. Um, you have to license them separately, isn't that wild? <clears throat> so you'd have some Doctor Who games with like the Doctor running around, but they'd have to like make things that look like Daleks, but not quite. Well, you, well I think the reason that happened is the, the fellow that came up with the Daleks, so I think he actually owned the rights to them. There's some, you know, you yeah, know how you get into that crazy. weird zone of this mm -hmm. stuff, and of course, you got to think that the Doctor Who came on what '63 or something like that. So, you've got a, a, a lot. They don't, no one give a crap about licensing crap. So, like, you could see how a guy could be like, "Oh, I made this. I'll just license it." And then all of a sudden, like 20 years, 30 years later, he's like, "Oh yeah, you can't have that. It's mine." Speaking of which, another thing I'm sure you know this. This is like the most common trivia in the world. But the the police box, I guess the the British police department tried to retain get yeah. get, get the rights back. And that was in the article the actually. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. mentioned that. Um, which is funny because they're not. <laughs> it's, it's insane. So, it's, it's so, so stupid. ludicrous. Yeah. I uh, uh, I would like to see a comp a really good Doctor Who. I mean, you could do something. Surely, Doctor someone, Who Online. Why is there not like a, like a big click a point and click game Doctor Who? That's just like the logical way to go sure. with that. Uh, but uh, if if there is one, I've not played it. Uh, but. Uh, uh, it's an interesting article. I haven't got to read it all. I, it's so it's long. I mean, yeah. he really goes in depth on it. And also, I can say that uh, uh, Dreamcatcher not a fan of the of the Doctor Who no. series, as he repeatedly beats <laughs> down the Doctor Who's. So, but <laughs> that's a, this one looks like a real good one. I would check this one out. Faux show. Now, over on our YouTube channel, we've published a, a couple things since last week. Uh, why don't we start things off with the debut? 
of the uh, Aaron and Luke show. <laughs> yes. Why don't you talk a little bit about this? <laughs> well, we've been, uh, you know, we've got that new arcade set up, and we've been toying with uh, getting a camera set up in there and capturing footage from it. And uh, uh, one night I was fooling with it, and I was like, "Hey, Luke, let's play something, and I'll and I'll film it." And we did it, and it and it turned out pretty good. And so I was like, "Hey, let's do one for real, and we'll just for fun," because you know, Luke has a Luke thinks he has a show called the Luke Show, which he does. I mean, so there are some out there, but like no way we rewatched it. So it's not even on my. It's not on one of the Amigo shows. But Luke, Luke thinks he Luke wants to be a YouTube star. He thinks every great. kid wants to be a YouTube star. And so uh, we we played did a complete playthrough of uh, um, uh, Golden Axe: Revenge of Death Adder, which is a great game. I mean, it is a tremendous game. And uh, me and Luke, Luke, uh, we provide running commentary, and Luke provides running gymnastics as he <laughs> jumps up and down and goes crazy. I mean, he he knocks a microphone off. And one of the shows that we did, not this one, he knocked the microphone off. He was jumping so hard it shook the whole building and knocked the mic in the floor. He's out of control. Luke is, but uh, uh, very entertaining. I tried to I tried to calm him down. So <laughs> we'll probably be doing me and Brent Rush. You're doing some testlessness this morning to sort of tighten up the uh, the whole uh, thing. But I think we're going to probably do a lot more of these, and we're actually. The good thing about my setup is I can play Amiga games out there or Spectrum or whatever, and I can use the arcade controls, double yeah. trouble. So we'll probably be doing stuff across the board. Fantastic. <clears throat> now, what was uh, what was the show this week on ARG Presents? Uh, well, the show that's currently available is our Laser uh, Laserdisc games. Uh, we did uh, two games that are sort of lesser known, uh, Esh's uh, Arn Miller and Time Traveler. Uh, Ash is a real the background and backstory of this game is bizarre uh, and uh, and crazy uh, and Brent's time traveler game uh, is another game that just it's real uh, the amount of effort put into this thing is unbelievable and, it's, and the size of it's incredible uh, the, the actual game but the game itself it's just it's as dopey as you could possibly imagine oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's that kind of good sort of dopiness lots of fun uh, and so we had a good time. Now coming up, we just t filmed today. So coming up uh, on Wednesday uh, will be our uh, Coleco Atom, which apparently a lot of people aren't really down, like don't know much about the Atom. And I go into it a little bit, and we pick a couple games, including I have to say a, a one tremendous game that's a, really a must play, uh, and it's also available for the Coleco Vision, so you can actually play it without having to play it on the Atom. We had a lot of fun with that. Um, one other thing we did this week. Which was it was actually last Saturday, uh, again in the arcade. Me and my buddies got together and did a little just a little arcade test run and played some stuff on that. So that was kind of fun. If you're in just like random arcade games, we might start doing every couple every month or so. We might do a midnight arcade game uh, request show mm -hmm. and get get the chat room that in. That sounds great. Some, I'll definitely be up some, for that. Do some requests. So yeah, you come over. And, yeah, man. And get in on yeah. that. So and plus you get to see Chad Wilcox ham it up. Oh. He's he went from a guy who wouldn't be on camera to like mm -hmm. he was playing to the audience like he was working a working a stage you know for the brick wall. I've told you since day one the Wilcox hour needs to be it's it's finally coming to fruition. Oh God! And you know Brent's <laughs> built a studio in his basement, mm -hmm. so it's it, it's happening. The Amigos Empire. This is just like pump to. up the volume. Bro. It is. Remember? I don't, I don't know what that is. Remember the Christian? Oh, we've talked about this so many times. The Christian Slater movie where he's a pirate DJ. And at the end of it, everyone becomes a pirate DJ. They want to be like the pump up the volume. I remember guy. this. This now. Is, we're like double Christian Slaters. Now all our buddies are gonna they're gonna get in there. So West Virginia, YouTube hotbed. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it's known as for sure, for sure. Uh, of course, the big news of the week, Aaron. Mm -hmm. uh, the the biggest uh, news from our site. Uh, somebody's celebrating a big birthday, big birthday this week. 
the one and the only, mm-hmm. the Huck. The Huck. Gary Hucker turns the big 5-0 Oh, this Huck, week. dude. Now, as someone who dude. crossed the 5-0 threshold several years ago, what do you have any? Uh, do you have any words of encouragement? I've not crossed the five zero threshold boat, <laughs> my friend, and you will never cross if you make a comment like that again. <laughs> now, our uh, 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 our good buddy, the Chud, is very near the fifty threshold, so I'm sure. Listen, no one wants to go there, but listen, it's better, the alternative is much worse, not getting there. That's so. true. That's true. Happy birthday, Huck. Good yeah. for you. Boy, Huck's been a big supporter. He sent us goodies. He's helped us out many times. Mm-hmm. And his shows are, are amongst the most popular on the channel, if not the most popular. Absolutely. If you haven't watched any of his uh, Amiga rebuilding, uh, recapping, and re-awesomeing videos, make sure you do that. They are Huck, top shelf. Huck has a way of... of of uh, talking about this stuff, just like he's your good buddy. Yeah. And he's not, he's sort of at the same level you are, even, mm-hmm. though, he's not, even though he's not, he's mm-hmm. way above you. And mm-hmm. he just, he just kicks back. It's like, okay, here's what we're gonna do. Let's try hooking this up. It's just, it's lovely. Yeah. I love Very that. Very low key. Yeah. And his wife, Andrea, one of the great um, musical minds of our generation. <laughs> she is up there. Whenever I sing some real obscure Patreon song, she's always right on it. First note. She can name that tune in three notes. Oh, man. Yeah. That's what we should do sometime. The mod version. Let's get that going. <laughs> that, you know, I'm, I've always been surprised that there aren't more name that tune games for really anything, you know? Can people, you know, in the old days, there was a group, <coughs> there was a social knowledge of certain tunes that would be on that show. I don't think that exists anymore. That's true. The, the musical landscape is so fragmented that it would be it would be tough to do. The closest you could probably do is like... Hits of the '80s or something like that. Because everyone back in those days knew what tie, yellow ribbon, or green mm-hmm. sleeve. They knew all. Now I don't think any, hardly anybody knows those things no, anymore. I, I guarantee mean, you, nobody's walking down the street whistling tie, the yellow ribbon around the old oak tree. Well, except agree, for me. Agree or disagree? <laughs> see, look at that. that. I see. I think I see a singing uh, song in your future for the for your. I might uh, do that as the Patreon song. That's it. That's what I'm talking about, man. Um, all right, Aaron. It's time for this week. This week. It's been, it's been. I'm not going to lie to you. The past couple of weeks, it's been real slow going on the Amiga news. Has front. it been slow? No more, no more, folks. This business is about to pick up. The gamble train is fully loaded, cocked, and ready to stroll. The train's going to stroll. It's, it, 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 man. What kind of weird train is this? You haven't lived since you until you've seen the gamble train strolling down the street. I don't think I want to see that. Okay, well, guess what? It's time for this week's Amiga news. So. You're a horrible robot. Kicking it off, Aaron. This week's first story. This is kind of a, a multi-system news, but we need to talk about it because it does include the Amiga. All right. uh, Aaron, Antstream, a retro game streaming subscription service, has launched its own Kickstarter. Antstream? This is the thing that we've, we've been talking about. The whole retro gaming community has been talking about forever. How is there a way for you to play old games legally without breaking the bank. And this is, apparently, uh, somebody has gotten a bunch of developers on board, including Amiga developers, yeah. um, and they are launching this service, uh, provided that they, they manage to meet their, uh, their, their Kickstarter goal. Um, it is going to be a, uh, a service where you are streaming games, nothing to download, for a flat fee. Um, and uh, I looked at the uh, the list of games. It's a bunch of mostly arcade and computer releases. Not okay. a whole lot of console stuff. Of course, there's no Nintendo stuff. Did I see? Did I see uh, uh, Neo Geo stuff? There's Neo Geo on there. Like I said, arcade stuff and classic computer. Looks like what they're what they're kicking off with. Uh, right now on their Kickstarter, uh, they are. 
pretty close to their goal. They need 65 grand. They're up to 42 grand. That's this not is, much to ask for for a service, streaming service. That's true. And what some people believe, at least some people on our Discord, is that they already have the funding. This is really more of a public relations, like let's uh, let's get the word let's out. Let's the public. Going on. Yeah. We put this up anyway. Hey man, that's that's what it's all about. I did see bad dudes prominently uh, displayed in that yeah. one picture. You and, can't go wrong. And this thing is. Oh a, yeah, there's another good one. This thing is a British venture too. Everybody on this Kickstarter video is from England. So if you are from England and you're like, why don't we ever do anything cool anymore like those awesome American guys? Well, guess what? You're doing awesome stuff right here. Um, so anyway, what do you what are your thoughts on this, Aaron? You know, I really what you told me is most of what I know about it. Given I've seen this mentioned a couple times this week, but I've been I've been all out this week. I haven't got to mill around with the news that much. That much said. <clears throat> Uh, this is not the first time this has been tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe there was some kind of Sega venture that was doing some with Sega's a while back. Um, <clears throat> listen, uh, 2,000 games, I believe I saw there that they're going to release with. That's a, that's a real good number. Uh, it, have they mentioned what the fee monthly fee will be? You know, I was looking down through here, and I don't believe that they have announced that I mean, if yet. we're talking like five bucks, sounds like a good deal. Right. If we're talking... Ten bucks. That's you know you're getting up in the into the uh, Netflix level. Okay, of pay. okay. I, I, I take it back. They have it. Looks like that if you um, it looks like seventy dollars a year. So that's less than ten bucks a month. Seventy bucks a year is a, that's a that's a good price. Yeah, uh, that's a good price. That's not less than ten bucks a month, is it? Is it? Yeah, ten bucks a month is one hundred twenty bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's well less than ten so, bucks a month. So. Um, if it works well, I'm assuming that when they when they stream these, they're just going to dump them on your computer and you can play them. That's the that's the price. As opposed to, well, they're not going to be like a streaming service like Google has come up with. I, that's that's the question. But these um, are so small. I don't know why you would bother. Right. Them. I mean, you could really kind of load it in the cache in your browser. That's right. So small, that's right. So. I mean, I mean, even if you get to the biggest arcade games, the Neo Geo stuff. They're still not that big, yeah. not by yeah. today's standards. So um, one of the things that that interests me is this whole idea of they are building in uh, leaderboards and challenge support. So you'll have it's more than just playing the games. You know, there might be special you know challenges you can do or little things in the games, kind of like achievements and stuff like that. That kind of gives a second lease on life to a lot of these games that you might already have downloaded. I like that stuff, the achievement stuff. I could how you know go this long, survive this long, right. do it do it without hitting jump or yeah. you know whatever. Uh, if they've got some kind of head-to-head -head thing built in, awesome. I'd like to see that. Uh, if they, I mean, if you can actually play, if I could play you a game of uh, Neo Turf Masters from my computer, right? Do they have that? I'm, I'd be in. Yeah. Do they have leaderboards for Neo Turf Masters or Pinball Dreams yeah. or whatever? Stuff like that. I'm in that. Yeah. That because I would. I don't like. I mean, what's space max boaster? We got all these games. Mm -hmm. We got all them in space. Right. But can we compete? With uh, our friends in the UK or Australia or New Zealand or Germany, no, right? You know, not without a hassle. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe there's some way to do it, but you're all jumping through hoops. I want a thing that says, "Bam, boats online." Hey, boat, you want to play Turf Masters? I do. Bam, we're in. That's, That's what right. I want. That's right. And if they're saying here six bucks a month, six bucks, I'm in. I mean, absolutely. If I can play it on any device, mm -hmm. I'm in because this stuff will play pretty much on everything. Yeah. If they can do it. I'm in. I like it. I think it's a great idea if cool. they so can do it. We'll definitely keep an eye on that yeah, yeah. as it moves forward. Plus, if they get Amiga stuff in there, all the better. Because there's a lot of Amiga stuff. Now, I know you've played some of that stuff online with that Amiga. Um, Amiga Live. Right. And Amiga Live is great. It's still, you know, kind of clunky. If they right. can really streamline this thing, boy, it's going to be something. Yeah, it's yeah, be something. yeah. Yeah. Um, 
going back in the more Amiga direction, and all of our news this week is sponsored by our buddy Neil over at Indie Retro News, uh, your your number one source for uh, for all of it, all your Amiga news and pretty much any kind of classic computer uh, news. Um, WinUAE 4.2.0 has been released. Uh, this thing, you know, everybody uses WinUAE. If you're yep. using an Amiga emulator at its core, it's more likely than not WinUAE. Yep, yep. Um, this thing, he keeps working, the, the, the main guy keeps working on this thing. Um, you now have uh, a bunch of new hardware support, stuff that I'd never heard of before, like um, UAE G GFX, UAE Graphics, and Picasso 4 Overlay. If you ever wanted to have custom ROM selections, that is now available to you. I'm not gonna lie to you, Aaron. I have no idea what any of these words mean. Mm -hmm. Can you can you assemble this in anything that makes sense? <clears throat> I knew they had released one of these. I hadn't actually looked at what the new stuff is. I heard they released some pretty wacky uh, support. Yeah, like uh, if you if oh, you there wanna, it is. Yeah, yeah, if you want to emulate the IVS trump card. Those are the, those trump cards are pretty popular back uh, in the day. What is that? Tell me what it's that is. It's just an expansion. Okay. Uh, 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 I don't remember what exactly was there, but I remember that I remember the name quite a bit. Um, the uh, I see they've got they've added a bunch of nutty stuff. Harms Professional Three Thousand. Never heard of that. Pacific Peripherals Overdrive. I think I vaguely have heard of that. I like the idea that he's emulating this old hardware. It makes it uh, it kind of neat to go yeah. there and stick it in there and see what it does. For testing purposes, if anything, or you mm -hmm. when you're setting up stuff for a real Amiga, you can set it up and then seamlessly move it over. Yeah, you know? so, absolutely. Uh, um, anytime they release a new uh, WinUAE, it's, I mean, the fellow that does it is a, is a or fella, is a, is a, is, they do a very good tight job on it. So. Yeah, yeah. So grab that, mm. grab that now. Mm, indeed. Um, our good and dear friend Vicky, aka Pixel Vixen, she has produced a really fantastic uh, video on Deluxe Paint. Everyone's raving about this and I haven't got to sit and watch it yet. So, um, you know, if you're looking to get into Deluxe Paint, it's sometimes it can be daunting because there are lots of different versions. And as we know, use, sometimes the latest version of a particular kind of software is not necessarily the best. So what she does is she goes through uh, and talks about each version of Deluxe Paint, talks about what's great about it, what's not so great about it. And, um, and she does it in a way that's very accessible. I watched a little bit of this. And um, I was, I was, I, I learned a lot actually. Um, so uh, if you are into digital art, first of all, if you are, you need to watch uh, a lot of her, her videos because she does some great tutorials. Um, and um, and even if you're not into deluxe paint, this is just I, I found it very interesting just to, to hear about the different versions. This is the kind of thing that requires the uh, an artist to get, and, and who is also a computer artist mm -hmm. to hold your hand, like like. This is perfect for the dumb guy duo here, me and you. Right. We need someone that knows what they're doing to hold our hand and pat us on the head and lovingly push us down the path. Yeah. And yeah. that and that and and uh, I can't wait to see all this. This looks great. Now, and I, you know, I, D Paint such a cool uh, program, and I, it's funny. I just <laughs> before this video came out, it was probably two weeks ago, I was fooling with D Paint. You know, I haven't gotten over that Amigo Amigathon challenge. The D paint challenge. Oh, you mean where Lee Melangelo yes. uh, reared his uh, beautiful head? I, I never got over the fact that mine was so lame, and so I was just so ill prepared, and so I know we're going to be faced with this again. And so every once in a while, I'll get this out, and I try to get better, you know. But now I'm going to watch this, and then this year I vowed to destroy you at the Megathon. Oh, yeah. The gauntlet has been laid down. That's right. Do you, 
Do you lay down a gauntlet? You throw it down. Throw it down. That's right. If you lay it down, you're not really... (laughs) The gauntlet has been lightly laid down on the table (laughs) and the guy walked off. That's how I do it. I didn't win many duels back in the day. Um, Aaron, we just had a a new River Raid-ish game come out. Have you got to play this yet? I've not played Bridge Strike yet. But... There's a new one, a new, new one. A it new just came new out last one? week. Yeah. This is River Raid Reloaded. Mm, okay. okay. So if you if you bought Bridge Strike and you've already had your fill and you're looking for more top down, mm. kind of pastoral shooting vertical action. <laughs> pastoral. I've always associated with it. You know, the 2600 version has those nice houses and but the I mean, trees. And I the, never uh, once thought pastoral. I was thinking about River Raid. <laughs> it's a funny. violent death game <laughs> in a pastoral setting. It is. It is. So, um, this is uh, also coming to us from Indie Retro News slash Saberman, who's always uh, first out of the game. Johnny on the spot with the, uh, with, the, with the gameplay video. Yeah. I looked at this, and this looks great. You know, it's got multiple settings. You're driving through the Old West, through deserts. Um, I'm going to give this a download. I believe that this is free. Um, you have to and, be a jerk uh, to rain down hell in the Old West in your jet. <laughs> Who right. does that? <laughs> My God. Um, but yeah, so this is this is just a, another another uh, great game that just came out this past week. But Beautiful. Make a river well, you're raid you're reloaded. you're going to be loving. We're going to do some kind of river raid uh, extravaganza episode at Absolutely. some point in the future, where we do bridge strike river raid reloaded. We might even do some uh, banshees. You know, it's it's sort of a river raidish game. Ish. Been yeah. a long time since we 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 played old. You banshee. hated the color palette of that. Man, I so tried, did I. I. I tried to play it the other day, and it was just it's still. Uh, you're tough. Dumb. I thought it was a good game. You're too um, mean. And finally, Aaron, our last new release of the week, Sardonic. Okay, I have not, not, haven't heard about okay, this I think one. this is a pretty dumb name for <laughs> what looks like a pretty good game. Um, so, uh, so Sardonic comes to us from a, a company called, I'm going to call it Penny Soft, because I don't like to work blue. Um, but uh, but uh, <laughs> I love it. They are, um, this just came out, this uh, is um, released for both uh, OCS, ECS, and AGA Amigas. You got to have a mega chip RAM, uh, and this is your garden variety sort of Galaga clone. Um, Looks like this is a is a remake. Is that what that said up there? Yeah, um, I, you know, I wouldn't. It's not. It's not really a Galaga clone. It, it reminds me of. Um, what what does this look like to you? Where the the the, the ships basically they don't. They don't really fly so much as they just descend down upon you, and you're kind of dodging as well as shooting. This There's is, a bunch of games like this. Why would but, you ever go forward? <laughs> just as I watch this guy fly up, uh, you know, this is a, <laughs> I don't know. That's an unusual method to this that that uh, you normally yeah there's a game called dodgem yeah that is sort of similar to this um and uh but yeah if you if you're looking for if you are mad about space shooters and you're looking for a, a new free one <laughs> if to you're check mad out about them i'm so sick of these space shooters. No, you're mad in like the oh British sense. i got it or like mad about you oh, oh man is no, that uh no. that's a, that's a thing no it's not um so anyway Check it out. And uh, once again, thank you to uh, Indie Retro News for all of your awesome tips for this week's Amiga News. I'd like to fight the Sardonic Army. They just literally all fly non-formation straight down firing. Just, they're you, not turning. They're not banking. You're not doing nothing. I always wonder what the life of the pilot is. Once, you know, he's he's made it from the top of the screen to the bottom. Do you think he just continues to fly into infinity? <laughs> just, just, the way I figured, the Sardonic Army is so vast. 
that the leader was like, they're like, we got you got Billy Joe in Sector Four. We're gonna kill this guy. He's like, eh, send four hundred million troops. Yeah, and then like he goes off and gets a sample. <coughs> He's done for the day. Well, took care of that little problem. He won't dodge them all. That's right. That's right. And that brings us to an end. The gamble train has pulled off into the sunset. We'll see you next week. And coming up now, public domainia. That's yours, right? Public domainia. This is because this is public domainia. What three or four? I think it's four. Man, we've done a lot of these. But you know, the good thing about it is that most of the games that we cover, not so bad. It's not your normal public domain uh, fair. Well, I mean, the Amiga had a pretty good. Of course, we're. It's not like we're playing like Uncle Jim's basic. Pong or right. whatever. We, they know what they're doing. They do. They That's do. why, remember, when we pick them, not so good. We just pick, we, again, when you go by name, sometimes you get screwed. That's right. That's right. So what game are we going to start with here? <clears throat> Let's go ahead and start with Scorch Tanks, Ooh. dude. Scorch Tanks. Okay. Now, Scorch Tanks, uh, <coughs> cough it up, Boat. Sports, uh, Scorch Tanks debuted in 93, Boat. Uh, a, 93, uh, pretty late <clears throat> in the Amiga's yeah, life. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, this was uh, one disc. This supported up to four people, boat, and uh, it's the old hot seat uh, type game. And this came out from a developer called Dark Unicorn. Okay. Now, I have a little insight into Dark Unicorn uh, because guess what? It, the name was came up with, and one of the guys that ran Dark Unicorn was was Shane R. Monroe. Really? The guy that, okay. that does You're one of your heroes you know, does retro gaming radio. Yeah. Um, they were responsible for a few games, uh, Desert Apache, It's the Pits, Psycho Squares Deluxe, and an expansion, and a, and a game called Tomcat, which is sort of like a full motion game. Okay. <clears throat> now, this was their biggest success, and this is a very well-known game, uh, but uh, Dark Unicorns, uh, you were, this is what, you mentioned this earlier, um, uh, Shane, under, when he was working at Dark Unicorns, he also did some uh, adult Fair, mm. uh, <laughs> which he uh, which he wrote, writes about, which I always think I always think that's pretty funny. Oh, it's called the name of the adult CD he did was called "Your Privacy Assured." Oh, <laughs> like that. So, <clears throat> just one quick item because it also ties into one of my favorite games. The name Dark Unicorn Productions comes from Archon. Really? Uh, if you play Archon, uh, the light side is a unicorn. The dark side does not. The dark side does have a changeling. That will change into whatever uh, uh, character that you're fighting on the board, and so you usually dispatch the changing on a dark square where he's at the most power. So if you fight a unicorn in a dark square, the dark unicorn is the most powerful uh, character in the game. Uh, that's where they derive the. Uh, that's, that's cool. I like when companies name them. Yeah, I mean, <gasps> that's that's like a cool name with a cool story. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> if you uh, if you want to get into, the, I mean, dark unicorn is a really interesting. History. If you want to get into it, you can go over to uh, uh, Retro uh, Gaming Radio and check out his archives. Those are all available, by the way. On the, you can down, uh, buy them from Shane on on the DVD. You can buy them. You yeah. can't just download them. Well, I mean, you could back in the day, but they're twenty years old, <laughs> so they're offline right now. He sells mm. them. In, he sells them in offline CDs. Hey, guys, got to make a buck, dude. I guess. Uh, so, let's talk about Scorched Tanks. <clears throat> so. Scorched Tanks was based on a game uh, that was on DOS called Scorched Earth. Have you ever mm -hmm. heard of that one? Absolutely. Played it on the Macintosh. I've actually. never played Scorched Earth. Do you want to talk about it a little bit? Um, it's a lot like Scorched Tanks, to be honest with you. Um, it's uh, you, you got, I think that it's limited to two, two tanks, at <laughs> yeah. least the version that I played was. 
uh, and you basically are firing artillery with a uh, two gauges. You've got an angle and you've got a, a power and you're, you're trying to destroy the other guy. I used to play this old, I think it was a DOS game. Gotcha, there's been a couple of these artillery style mm -hmm. games. I think one was called like Artillery Duel or mm -hmm. something. And it seems to me there was one where you were a monkey throwing bananas, and there was really? something like this too. Okay. Way, way, but I mean, I could be getting two games mixed up. But I, would, I remember playing these sort of uh, artillery yeah, style I've, games. I've played a game. I think it's called Wizards Duel, <laughs> where it's two wizards and they're throwing lightning bolts at each other. Right, so right. Yeah, it's a common theme. Now, one thing you're going to know is uh, uh, Scorched Tanks. There were many revisions of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were uh, there were quite a few actually. And in in each revision, they would sort of up the ante as to what you had at offer. So let's just go ahead and talk about what the game is. So uh, the game is simple. A, a, uh, a terrain is rendered. Uh, let's call it a Lunar Lander style terrain. Absolutely. Let's go with that, right, Bo? That's a great... And then you, uh, your, t your tank, as it were, is deposited somewhere on this on this stark landscape mm -hmm. alongside your opponent or right. opponents, mm -hmm. depending on how many people are playing. And you are tasked with t purchasing a certain amount of weapons and shields. And once you've purchased these, then you are tasked with destroying the enemy tank uh, and through various way, uh, various types of artillery. Now, one thing this game does is it uh, allows you to choose from a ridiculous... We couldn't sit here and list all the options mm -hmm. that you can pick from. Mm -hmm. Someone sat around and really... Uh, uh, tried to figure out uh, every conceivable type of attack and counterattack that you could come up with. Mm -hmm. And the list is amazing. Uh, there's uh, 70, if you have the right version, there are 70 weapons and 13 types of shields. Uh, and you start off, uh, I think it's, uh, I think you start with 10,000 or 4,000 bucks and you go through and buy these things. And, and, and like I said, once you've got them, you've got to set them, you have to buy per unit. So you're not buying like a hundred pile drivers, yeah. you're buying one pile driver for four grand or whatever. Right. You have to buy, and of course, the more money you spend, the more awesome and cool the weapons are. Uh, and <clears throat> at that point, you are uh, tasked to blow away your opponent. Pretty simple, it, and you take turns. If there's two of you, for example, uh, I, you would fire your shot, and then your opponent would fire. Now, it's not as simple as just shooting him. It you have to calculate or guess the angle. Uh, and the power you'll need to loft in your armament to hit your opponent. Mm -hmm. uh, and on the screen, there's a power gauge and an angle gauge, and you're, you can see your little cannon go up and down depending on the, the amount of power you put into it. Uh, you all, And so you'll have to gauge, just take a wild guess how far away and how much power you need, and you'll shoot. And if you miss the first time, you can sort of triangulate. You can zone in on how on how, how to hit him. Pretty simple, really, yeah. Bo, isn't it? Uh, <clears throat> this game takes a concept that was pretty um, well used and then just ups the ante like a million percent. Uh, like I said, the amount of weapons in this is neat and they're not just like, this is a shot and here's three shots that fall. You've got all kinds of wacky stuff. You've got stuff that fill up the area with like water or something. You've got things that will drop five shots. You've got things that take a big crater out of the land. Mm -hmm. One thing about this, this planet is that it's entirely... Uh, uh, destroyable. And so while you may start on a flat surface, 
as the bomb shower in slowly you may be it may be taking the earth out from under you and your and your and your tank keeps going down right. down or plus. and this is this is not like worms where you can you know you can roll yourself out of the tank for some reason your tank in this game is not mobile right and so uh, if you start to uh, get buried you um you can you can sometimes become much more difficult to hit your opponent or even shoot at all yeah it depends on how deep or how how you know how you went in right uh, there are sonic weapons. There are different types of shielding that can make the, your the, your opponent's bullets reflect off your shield, mm -hmm. bounce off, and you can maybe hit another person mm -hmm. with them. There's so many different weapons; it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's I mean, it's 70 weapons, uh, and it, it's quite astounding that uh, that that they came up with so many things. There's also a 16 and a 64 color mode uh, for this. Now, the everything's the sounds fine. It's just what you would expect. It's pretty decent. The thing that's not fine is if you play this on a stock Amiga, uh, when they render these environments, uh, it can take a it can take a while. I don't, I'm guessing you play you emulate this. I know you did. I tried it on on both, and I actually tried. I'd read that this was a real bear on some slower systems. I didn't. You know, this is this is the. Uh, uh, this is the uh, golf of uh, remember that golf game we played. Uh, Lynx. This links. This mm -hmm. is the links of t artillery game. So even on the twelve hundred, it, still it was okay on the twelve hundred. But when you go a little bit slower than that, you're, I mean, it's going to be a little slower. It's just the way it is. And so there's a lot, and there, there'll be some idle time as, as you as you as you play this game. Um, what did you think of a boat? I mean, you you said you played Scorched Earth. Yeah. So you had some familiarity with it. Like um, I said, we both had familiarity with the genre. What did right. you think of this particular uh, version? This was the first, you know, the first game I ever played <clears throat> of this genre was, I believe, Scorched Earth. And I played it over at our, our friends, the Lilies, mm -hmm. back, back when they lived over by the high school. And I played it on their Mac Plus. And that was the whole reason why I bought a Mac Plus. I just thought that game was so cool and so different. Right. Um, then, um, you know, and it, it, I can sort of divide... The, my feelings for this game into two parts. Okay. You know, how I thought about this game before I played Worms and after I played Worms. Because Worms takes all of the concepts that make this game great and multiply them by a million. Right. Um, because not only are you firing at your enemy, but you're also mobile and you have, you, you, you can get right up next to him and you can do kind of melee attacks, not just ranged attacks. Um, I didn't like the fact that your mouse was kind of trapped down at the bottom of the screen. Yeah. Even if you can't point, I mean, even if even if you can't do anything, I just hate games where your mouse is just trapped in a section. But it, there'd be no it reason makes, to go above I that. know, but it makes me feel claustrophobic. Oh my God. You can't hold that against the game. I That's do. really nitpicking. I do and I will. Um, I like the fact that this game is totally customizable in terms of your loadout. However, <laughs> yeah. as a beginning player, it was very overwhelming. I because, got crushed by the computer. Because you you know you're given you're given a bunch of money and you're given all these options and you don't really know exactly exactly has nothing to do with it. You don't know what any of this stuff does at yeah, the beginning. That's true. But I mean worms is the same way. True. But um, with worms you don't have to select your. You, you can you can go with like I just want to play a normal game. Give me the normal stuff, and I kind of wish that was an option in this game. I, I um, for for advanced players that really want to get in there with the strategy, and once you once you have a working knowledge of what you think you need to dominate, this is great. But it's it's kind of like role playing. Sometimes I want to spend you know five or six hours rolling up my perfect character. Sometimes I just want to go with the pre-gen and, and jump in there, you know. And I wish that this game just would give me uh, you know an option to start a game with what they consider to be a, a default setup. <clears throat> um, 
I think, uh, first of all, I one would assume that this came with some written docs. I'd probably tell you what this stuff does. So, it's a PD game. There's no, there's no docs right. per se, like you would hold in your hand. So I'm gonna go on. The, I'm gonna give the game the benefit of the doubt and uh, assume that that's the way it is. Um, part of the fun of this is discovering the weapons. I think. So I, I don't mind that too much. I will I will say it, I didn't mention this earlier. It's when you when you hit your opponent, you get money. Mm-hmm. You know, and so th- there are rounds to this game, and so you're going to be buying stuff in between rounds, whether you win or lose. And yeah. so you get more money by whacking your opponent, which is cool. I like that. I I do like that. Aspect. Yeah, I like that idea that you get you get to go and get more stuff. Mm-hmm. So unlike Worms, where you're pretty much stuck with the stuff that you whatever version you got, you got you go out and play it. Let's face facts, Worms. Ripped this style of game off, and then just but and then improved on yeah. it. That's not fair. Let's say they took a a, a known genre and made it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your everything you said is true. Worms is a superior game. That much said. Uh, this game has a real different feel for it than Worms because of the way you play it. It's not action based. It's all you know pre. You you know you set all your stats and fire, and that's mm-hmm. all you do. And and you know it's uh, in some ways uh, it's. The game does change because as you as you hit your opponent, um, and also this is a game that definitely you know it goes without saying. Just like Worms, this game is a million billion zillion times more fun playing against somebody else rather than the yeah. computer. Um, but Me and Luke played. <laughs> once you do get the your especially if you're only playing with two tanks, once you get your angle and your power down to where you know where you're going, because your opponent cannot move, yeah, it just kind of becomes a how fast can you kill each other game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Or oh well, and what also will happen often is when you zero in on your opponent and you bl- blast him, you'll probably blow a big chunk of the. Of the uh, a big chunk of the earth out from under him, and then he'll will, he will uh, be gone. Mm-hmm. Much like you. I'm out of here. <laughs> See you later, boat. Scorched boat. So, I, I, I actually enjoyed it. I have to say, I, I kind of liked it. I can see why this is a popular game, just because, I mean, it's got a lot of weapons. It's a lot of fun. Again, for, you know, having more, multiple players would be a lot of fun. I didn't get to play more than two. Uh, but I dug it. I thought it was a real. I mean, you know, and for public domain, forget about it. It was awesome. Yeah, this you know, is going to be a one tight the, game. This is going to be mm-hmm. one of those games when we're over doing our midnight arcade stream. We can fire this bad boy up on Amiga Live and go to town. Yeah, yeah. It's a real again, and and, and the thing is, anyone can play it once they understand uh, the, uh, the you know what you're doing. Now, uh, the store I found kind of difficult to um, <clears throat> to navigate mm-hmm. because I didn't like the way you. I couldn't tell I was selecting stuff at yeah, first. This it was game, real weird. This game has a real, I want to call it the Blitz Basic style. I don't know if that's... Well, a, it's, it's, this it's, game was done in Amos, so okay. it's a, which it's, is remarkable it, to me. It, it reminds me of the mm. uh, kind of the, the selection screen and super skid marks. It just I knew you were going to say that, yes. Yeah. yes that, and it does, they're not similar, but they are mm-hmm. in their sort of archaicness. So, yeah. yeah, I can understand what you're saying. But overall, I, I like this. I give this uh, the big the big Aaron thumbs up. I've already played it. I've played it a bunch of times this week, and I uh, played it with the kid, and we liked it. So we'll probably go back to it. We like this kind of stuff, too. But, I mean, it would be more fun with more players. But it, it, this is one of those things. If, if Worms is there, it sort of doesn't supersede this. It sort of kind of does in a way. I mean, you're not going to play Worms and then come back to this a whole lot. But, I mean, I think there's fun to be had. I also think the cash system's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, uh, uh, like I said, it's... Uh, and it's sort of like a golf game almost. You don't have to pay that much attention. You can come back right. to it after you get a sandwich. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, did you did any magazines review these? Uh, actually, I believe, yes, I have one review for okay. this one. 
Amiga Power took a look at it in uh, issue 41, gave it three out of five. And the Lemon Folk gave it 8.06. Wow. Very favorable uh, yeah. look. Uh, the, uh, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I think it's a pretty decent game. I will say the author had planned on releasing uh, 200 or 100 weapons for it, but they never got that far. But they released this for the, uh, for the, for, uh, uh, the Mac, Windows, and iOS as a game called Pocket Tanks, which I've heard okay. of. You've probably okay. heard of that one. That one's got 250 weapons. Oh, my gosh. Inc- including all the ex- expansion packs. You know, one more kind of, um, uh, not complaint, one, one more sort of negative about this game is that whenever you fire, and I realize that this is it's a tank, but at some point you got to kind of throw realism out the door. Um, all of the weapons, when they launch out of your tank, look the same. Yes. You know, it would be nice if, um, you know, and this is another thing that Worms did better, all of the weapons look different. You yeah. know, when you're launching a sheep, a sheep gallops across the way, you know. Um, it, even if these are multiple types of bullets or, you know, bombs or whatever, it would have been nice to see some some graphic detail. Of course, it doesn't really affect, none of that affects the no. actual gameplay. No. I understand what you're saying. Uh, because it, it, it would be cool if they had so, or a different sound or yeah. something would be cool. But, you know, still, that doesn't doesn't mean a whole lot right. in, in the overall scheme of things. Um, we did get some Discord reviews right. for, uh, for Scorched Tanks. Uh, Chris Fold says, This is a fun party game stuffed to the rafters with options and weapons that sadly in one player seems to lack a little soul. Six out of ten. And uh, Pixels at Dawn says, Before there were, was worms, there was only Scorch. A best-in-class artillery game at the time, loaded with weapons and a sizable amount of strategy that still offers a good deal of fun. Limited appeal, single player, but one of the best party games on the Amiga. Eight out of ten. Yeah, I will say one other thing before we close out. And in, in, in difference with Worms, one thing I do like this that this does that Worms doesn't really do is when you when you shoot a landscape, it sort of caves in. It mm-hmm. feels like the land is altered. Like in Worms, you just blow a big hole in the middle of the earth. Nothing happens. Like it, there should not be. It should close in. Yeah. This one actually. There's like physics in the land. actually, yeah, it actually yeah. like which I, I like that. I always wish Worms would point. do that. That's you know, a good that's, point. that's one thing I will say. It's got on Worms. I mean, and it really, it's funny because they're they're very similar, but in a lot of ways they're totally dissimilar mm-hmm. in the way you play them. So, yeah. So it, this could live comfortably beside. This worms, game also has more of a defensive uh, <clears throat> track than Worms does too. There's not really a shield in Worms that you can put right. around your your guys. Well, they're, so. they're in the later ones. They're was, but Is yeah, I know what okay. you're saying, yeah. yeah. Um, so, why don't we move on, Aaron, okay, to now, our, our second game of the week, Super Foul Egg. I'm going to let you speak on this mostly, but I'll go over the particulars. So, okay. Super Foul Egg uh, released 95. This was a cover disc on Amiga Power. Uh, of course, one disc. This will have You can have two players simultaneous on this one. This was developed by an outfit called Impact Productions. They did one other game, Hyper Race 2.0. Uh, this was clo- uh, coded by David Hay and his, I, I was presumably his brother Michael Hay, the Hayes. Mm. Hayes, how you doing? Uh, and since we occasionally will hear from a developer, <laughs> I like to name him when yeah. I can. Um, so this was also uh, out for the Acorn Archimedes. You know that? Ooh. I know. Our and, dream yet, and, and yet I still have not one, so yeah. it's it's coming. Um, so. Boat. Th- this is another game that was out- made with Amos. I mean, Amos is a very powerful game making mm-hmm. uh, uh, language on the Pika. So, but why don't you, uh, since you're more familiar with this, the game this is based, I want you to talk a little bit about Super Foul Egg. Okay, so this is a clone of a Japanese puzzle game called Poyo Poyo, 
And uh, the, the, the concept behind Poyo Poyo is that you have two um, connected um, kind of blobs. Um, and when you, um, and the idea is that you're trying to match four of the same color blob. Um, however, this game differs from uh, Tetris or Dr. Mario in that the blobs can separate. So if you set uh, one blob on a column that's higher than another column, that blob that's immediately next to it that was descending with it will separate and will come down. And this allows you to put a lot of strategy into setting up combos. Um, you know, ideally what you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to set up lots of groups of three and then when you set off your first group of four, a, uh, the, the single color that's missing from that first group of three drops in, causing another chain. And it, you're, you're trying to set up these huge chain reactions because this game is built for two-player competitive play. You're playing at the same time as someone next to you. And the more combos you can set up, the more garbage uh, blobs you can throw down on your, your, your opponent's side. And just like Dr. Mario or Tetris, if any of your blobs reach the top of the screen, the game ends and, and that's the end. Um, this game was cloned for a multitude of systems. Um, I'm not sure what system this originally appeared on, but um, it came out on the Super Nintendo as Kirby's Avalanche. It came out on uh, the Sega Genesis or Mega Drive as Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. And you're talking about clones of the original. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so is Poyo Poyo the original Poyo version Poyo of this? Poyo Poyo is the original, and it's funny because I've never played the original version of this. Really? So, um, so um, and uh, these days there are uh, a, a bunch <laughs> of games that use, uh, like Super Puzzle Fighter is a, it's almost like a Poyo Poyo style game, except you're using gems instead of blobs, but the, the overall concept is more similar to Poyo Poyo than it is to Tetris. Uh, so yeah, this is, this is a, a basically a two-player competitive uh, puzzle game. You can play it one player, but it's really designed to, to, to play with someone else or against the computer. Yeah. Um, I, I, I have played games like this before. I've played the Mean Bean Machine one, mm -hmm. which I didn't like. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't. I don't like these kind of games. I like Tetris, but it's derivatives and and I mean I'm not saying this is a ripoff of Tetris, but it's just this kind of game doesn't do it for me. Or it just reminded me of the many many uh, uh, online browser type games that you see like this. I mean, there's a there's a zillion of them. Right. Pop Cap and all that stuff. That's mm -hmm. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them, but that's what they are. I, I usually avoid them. Uh, uh, it just depends on if this is your kind of game or not. I mean, this now, is, um, to me, there is, uh, like, and I love Tetris, mm -hmm. but there is a lot more strategy in, in, in this game. This game was built with strategy, a, a long-term chain reaction strategy in mind. Uh, Tetris is, is, a, is, a, is about as simple as it gets. It's also, you know, one of the most fun games of all time. But, uh, you know, if you're looking for something that you can really achieve... Um, mastery of the the combo system. It's kind of like you know whether you'd rather play um, a game like International Karate Plus or um, or Killer Instinct. You know, do you like just your your basic face to face action, or do you want something where you're learning a combo system? Yeah, um, this game has a few options. You can set like boats that you can play head to head or against the computer. You can make the computer dumb or smart. Uh, the dumb computer beat me like a dog. So <coughs> the foul eggs they drop are, are, are annoying. They screwed me up every time. I'm not exactly sure. Maybe you can shed some light on this. How? What is the? Uh, 
rhyme or reason for getting a boatload of the foul eggs? Can you explain that to me? Yeah, you whenever, you, whenever you create a chain reaction, where whenever you have multiple groups of four being destroyed at once, yeah. you get a certain number of, in this game, foul eggs dropped on the other guy. Now, in the, because I'm, I, like I said, mostly what I've played this was on the mean bean. Mm -hmm. uh, did, did, this, did that, they're not all two player head to head, right? They all work exactly the same. They are the exactly way. the same. Okay. Um, the, yeah, it was, now, you can play one player, yeah. but it's like, why bother? Because well, the whole it, point for dummy it helps. The, the the whole point of making the combos and stuff is to <clears throat> is to destroy the other guy. The uh, the little the little the foul eggs that would come down perpetually screwed me, <laughs> which I was supposed to do. Mm. Well, mission accomplished, and I just did not have you talk about there. This is built for people to do strategy. Clearly, I I'm not that guy because I had trouble with this now. Uh, game aside, it looked fine. The sound mm. was good. The intro sound was really mm -hmm. good. Uh, they, it will mock you when you lose. I heard that plenty of times. Uh, and, and there, it will make some funny noises when you really get screwed with a bunch of foul eggs. Um, it, it, the, the, on, the incoming eggs, you know what's coming, the windows, all, everything seems fine. I mean, as a, as, a, as a game of this type, it seems perfectly adequate to me. I didn't see anything. Did you think that, that in terms well, of the game yeah, itself? As long as you're not comparing it to any of the commercially released versions of this game, it's fine. What, how, how does it differ against something you would... Um, so, the like, okay, I'll compare it again. I could do either one, but I'll do Kirby's Avalanche right. since we haven't talked about that yet. So, Kirby's Avalanche, you are competing against, instead of just having an easy, hard yeah. um, slider, you actually compete against a series of opponents, computer opponents, and they're all the bosses from the Kirby games. I see. It's so okay. a little more flavor. Yeah, there's a, there's a little more flavor. There's music that plays. Again, mm -hmm. freaking Amiga, no in-game music. Yes. You know, what's your problem? Um, so... And the uh, intro music's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Why yeah. couldn't they just have kept that going? You I don't know. know. Um, so, uh, but this is a perfectly, perfectly serviceable version of this game. Um, you know, two-player, I'm sure it's great. Um, and as a freebie back yeah, in the day. Yeah, I mean, you really can't go wrong. You um, really can't go wrong. Now, get this boat. Uh, the name of this is Goofy. According to uh, the wiki on this, which I found, and th I thought this was amusing. All right, excuse me, this is from uh, House of Light. Uh, I think we're, I don't know where I read this, but anyway, the the way the uh, the lore as to how this thing got its name would be, uh, this was a quote from uh, Amiga Power. People would be like, "A level four chain reaction, taste my foul eggs, you cur!" Like an insult, oh. and that's where the super foul egg okay. came from. But, okay, who knows? Um, this would now get this, but this really surprised me here. Uh, Amiga Power, you know, they do their these all time great game lists on the Amiga. This was ranked as the 34 best game of best best game of all time of all the time. This was 34. I that I would that, not put it there. No, no. I like that. <laughs> Absolutely, I mean, this is, this it's a, it may be one, the 34th best clone of all right, time. Right. Uh, that I might buy, uh, but it's uh, of course it's not original. But I mean, again, everything is totally serviceable. Sure. Um, I didn't see any uh, reviews on this one, Boatster. Okay, well, we did get a couple uh, Discord ones. All right, Chris what do you Folds got? weighs in. He says, a Poyo Poyo clone that fails to clone the speed, cutesy graphics, fun, excitement, fluid motion, or the animation, and criminally, no music. I think I'll stick with the original or Super Poyo Poyo on the SNES. Five out of ten. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pixels says, a solid and free at the time Poyo Poyo clone that rocks in multiplayer, 
but doesn't offer too much in single player due to having no AI difficulty between normal and insane. That's true. That's a big gap. I couldn't beat normal. Played it a lot back in the day and still holds up today. Seven out of ten. Um, you know, it, again, if you're rating this as a commercial release, it's really not. You know, it's a PD game. You got to you got to cut it some slack. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree with you on that. But I mean, it's just this particular game, not my bag. Yeah, of sure. the two, Scorched Turret Tanks, I like much more. Yeah. All right. Well, Aaron. Um, Guess what? What? It finally happened. Huh? We got some new iTunes reviews. Oh, are they good? They're good. They're oh, okay, good. Okay, great. <coughs> so, um, our first one comes in, and I love this because they're from all over the world too. Okay, our first one comes in from Sacred Banana from Australia. Okay, what do you think about the name Sacred Banana? I uh, I love bananas. All so right. Enough said. Um, he says. Or she. Best of the best. I have to drive one hour to work, then another hour back home five days a week. How do I manage to keep my sanity? I don't. But this podcast certainly <laughs> helps. This podcast is highly entertaining and is my number one source for all the latest in Amiga news. Keep up all the good work. I am an eternal listener to you wow. both. Eternal. Eternal. I love it. Just remember, if you're ever alone in the dark, I am listening to you. It's kind of creepy, but yeah. What's okay. this? What was this person's name? This was Sacred Banana. Oh man. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Banana. From the UK, we got a review from Flying Elbow Drop. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Top rope, baby. This is one of the best retro gaming podcasts out there. Every episode is a flashback to the best decade in gaming and the best home computer, the Amiga. Mm. Do not pass this by. Mm. I love it. And flying elbow drop. I love it. And finally, E Spectacular. <laughs> okay, this is from Nuno 2K in Portugal. All right. Okay. So you know my Portuguese. Yeah, how is your Portuguese? Is great. Bro? It's not great. Let's hear something. Okay. Este podcast faz nos revivir o nosso passado. Mostra visual de two Americanos quanto a yogo do amiga. I liked it. Yeah. Is that good? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I like the fact that someone that speaks Portuguese is just checking us out. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So all my uh, people down in Brazil. You know. Yeah, that's true. You do have a lot of Brazilian connections. Maybe that, the that could be Helson. Yeah. He could have spoke up for me. Thank yeah. you, brother. Um, we have some new Patreon uh, supporters this week. Uh, David Pickford and Cameron Armstrong, thank you so much for signing on and uh, being Thanks, part guys. of the Amigos family. Beautiful. Aaron, last week, our uh, Patreon song was Crazy Train. Even I got that one, but Yeah. yeah. Uh, Terry Howard, Barkbit, and Pac-Billy, congratulations. You guys were the winners. Mm. All right, Aaron. This week... If you know this week's Patreon song challenge, send me an email, john at amigospodcast.com. How many notes? Tell us how many notes it took. David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobsterminator, Craig McClellan, 10-Minute Amigo, Retrocast Counting Virtual Sheep. Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Daniel Williams, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, 
Kyle Etter, Rob O'Hara, Howard, Niz, Matthew, Laramore, Andy Craig. Sean Zoe, Darren Lomax, Colin419, Barkbit, Roland Bird, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Dan, Ross Leaf Killan, Alan Kebab, Chico de Levolone, John Marshall. Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRoche, a creepy dead boy, figure CTZ, the slow Norse. Stephen Sorgard, Mortensen, Edvin Helen, Blindo, 75. Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foles, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux. Graham Veb, Key Lane, Denson, Adam Batters, B. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, C. Brian Jones, Paul Harrington, Duncan Siles, <laughs> Alan Kebab, Taste from the Crypt, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Home, Birch Dot, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Wands, Pixels at Dawn, and Kill Bjorn Bauman. Very good, man. That was something you that was something straight out of the fifties. It know, was Beatnik Bar. Beatnik Bar. Maynard G. Krabs. That's right. You need to grow the beard, dude. Man, I would if I could. You wouldn't want to see me. I, I it's like just like patches. And skin, and it's, it's all it's, freaky it gets, looking. <laughs> if you think I look like a freak now, I do. <laughs> Next week, Aaron, we're gonna take um, we're gonna take a ride straight on through to the other side. A game that I have not even begun to think about. Yeah, Star Glider Two. Oh, the second Star Glider. So uh, I've looked at this a little bit. It's a. Uh, it looks like Elite. It looks like Elite, uh-huh. but I think there's a lot more glide. Maybe it's like a combination of Elite and... Can you the, glide in space? You I, sort of have to glide. I think it's like maybe, maybe a combination of Elite and the glider game for the classic Mac. Damn! Just, that sounds awesome. Yeah, the market's been crying out for something like that. I think I can get a lot of distance in space. <laughs> That's true. It'd be in a <laughs> vacuum and all. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, we record this show every Friday uh, at 5.30, except for today, which we're recording on Sunday. Um, but uh, we'll be back next Friday with the show. Um, so thank you, Necronom, Duncan Styles, Stefano Pavano, Amiga Bong, uh, Paul Harrington, um, everybody else that's been hanging out with us in the chat. Thank you so much for being here with us, and we will be back next week. Until then, adios. adios.